Hey everyone, Mr. Toast here. Just a quick reminder that you can watch the podcast live and interact with us and other viewers on twitch.tv slash convictedtoast. I also wanted to mention that we have a Discord server where you can ask us questions and make suggestions about the podcast. Link in the description. Enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mixed Media Podcast. I am Mr. Rager, joined as always by Mr. Toast. Uh, this is going to be our second to last episode for the year. Uh, we'll have to uh, discuss later how we're going to record the last episode. Yeah. Um, I will be out of state, but uh, our last episode is going to be highlights of the year. Um, this episode, as you've kind of gathered from the title, is the 12 Days of Christmas specials. So uh, what was supposed to be our favorite Christmas specials, we kind of realized that neither one of us had six favorite Christmas specials, so we had to look around a little bit but we came up with 12 christmas specials that uh we're going to talk about with you guys these are just um, normal tv shows that we went in and watched the uh, christmas episode and uh, it should be known that none of the discussions today will really have any kind of spoilers because we picked them from shows that you really don't need to watch every episode in order yeah, to understand they're the plot. mostly sitcoms so they don't really have that kind of continuity i mean there is like some here and there but none of it's going to be like oh this is a huge spoiler like it's going to be more of a nod to a previous episode yeah exactly so i think i say we just jump right into it and uh the uh first two specials that we watched were both from the same show these are two of my picks uh i had picked the red dot from Seinfeld and Festivus from Seinfeld. So, uh, how do we want to do this? I know we kind of said we talked a little bit about um, talking about the show for a little bit and then yeah. getting into the specials. Yeah. Uh, Seinfeld, uh, if you haven't heard of Seinfeld, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Seinfeld is a sitcom series. Uh, it was huge in the 90s. I would argue it's still pretty big today. Uh, I'd say it's probably one of the biggest sitcoms of all time in regards to like its viewership. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. Um, at the time of its finale, it was absolutely huge. I think it was something like I'm gonna actually Google it because I'm kind of curious. Finale viewership. But um, we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the shows themselves before we just went straight into the Christmas specials. Um, this is going to be a little bit different because we're not doing like a, a complete like how we normally do a full breakdown of everything from the episode and then we discuss it. So we're going to we're changing up a little bit. Yeah, so um, I'm trying to think of how I want to. It's just weird because I'm like introducing Seinfeld. <laughs> Which is not something I thought I would do. Um, Jerry Seinfeld is a comedian. He lives in New York. He plays a fictionalized version of himself in this sh- in the show. Um, he uh, other characters. You got his best friend George Costanza, Cosmo Kramer, who lives across the hall, and Elaine, Jerry's ex girlfriend. They all kind of hang out together. And every episode, uh, I'm going to quote the show here. It's about nothing. So you can quite literally jump in at any episode and be just totally fine. There's really no continuity in the show at all. Like shit that goes down in one episode could just be uh, completely gone the next episode. Yeah. What's in, what's interesting is that um, the one time that you got me to watch it besides for the Christmas special was we watched two episodes 
and both of them just so happen to be about George getting somebody fired. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. And then uh, we watched the uh, the Red Dot, which I guess we could start with the Red Dot. Yeah. Uh, the Red Dot is one of my favorite episodes of the series. It, uh, I think what would be fun, too, is while we're going through each episode, we could talk about how much it actually relates to Christmas. Yeah. Because we were talking about this earlier, and um, a lot of the episodes we watched, we were like, man, like 70% of this plot has nothing to do with the holiday season yeah. at all. It's just kind it of just like a normal plot It just takes place during line. Christmas. <laughs> I think this one, I would say, is like 50% Christmassy. Yeah. I, I would give it like a 50% uh, because the, the whole idea of the gift giving is stem from Christmas. Uh, I also Googled it. Seinfeld had 76 million viewers watching its finale. That's crazy. Yeah. The only show that ever beat it was the finale of MASH. <laughs> really? That's interesting. 80 million. Yeah. 80 million. MASH okay. was really big for some reason. Um, <laughs> Oh, Cheers beat it too, apparently. And The Fugitive from 1967 had 78 million. Cool. Sorry, I just kind of got fascinated by that for a second. Um, so in this episode, uh, we start at this Christmas party with uh, Jerry and Elaine. And Jerry sits his drink down. And this uh, Elaine's boyfriend, he picks it up and by mistake. And he's a recovering alcoholic. So Jerry gets it back on the wagon, and there's this great running joke through the episode where they can't decide if it's on the wagon or off the wagon yeah. in terms of whether somebody's drunk or not. What, where, where are you at on that debate, Keegan? Uh, well, people tend to say I fell off the wagon when they get back into their vice, so I, I'd lean that way. Okay, I can get behind that. Because, um, like, a, I don't know, like, every time I've ever heard the term used, it's always been, they fell off the wagon, and, like, they started drinking again, so. That's true. Yeah, okay, I'll stand with you on that, I'll stand with you on that <laughs> debate. So, uh, that happens, and, uh, Elaine gets George a job, working, uh, for the, the same publishing company that she's working for is, like, her Christmas gift, so Jerry's like, you gotta get her something. You gotta get her a thank you gift and George being based off of Larry David the creator of the show they're both very cheap individuals and George is in this store and there is a beautiful cashmere sweater the only problem is there's a red dot where where is it like I think it's like in relation to the show on the it's like on the bottom right like towards the front y yeah and it's just like a little red dot and it's like insanely marked down it was like yeah. what originally like 570 and he got it for a 100 bucks or something like that yeah and uh so he's like cool she won't notice and uh of course later on the episode kramer points it out the red dot yep. and she's pissed about it and she starts to spe speculate the truth that george uh knew about it and got it because he was cheap so we get george in his new job I'm trying to remember, was there another plot line to this one, or was it mainly just centered around George? It's still, it revolves a little bit around, um, uh, they're like, you, you purposely put that drink there, and, and Jerry's like, no, I didn't. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, it cuts, so, for those of you who have never, uh, 
seen Seinfeld, it kind of cuts in and out of the actual story and Jerry Seinfeld doing stand-up. So at one point, this is one of the – I told Keegan this while we were watching this because it's crazy. There's one of the only times that the main story of the show connects with the stand-up and anything other than his jokes when the guy that drank Jerry's drink by mistake – is in the audience and he starts heckling Jerry and like yelling at him. And you're like, Oh my God. And I, I remember the first time I watched this episode, I was freaking out because his, in, his intro and his comedy segments were always like completely separate from the rest of the show. Yeah. It's, he would like reference stuff that's happening in the story, but nothing would ever, um, interrupt it, interrupt the comedy. Yeah. Um, so George being George is at work and there is um this cleaning woman and uh her and George he has like a bottle of, what is it Hennigan's yeah yeah <laughs> he's got a b bottle of Hennigan's at his desk and they both get drunk and they have sex in the office so she's like freaking out the next time we see her because she's like oh George she loves George and George like oh, that's a one time thing and uh, he's like, I got to give her a gift. And uh, Elaine doesn't want the sweater anymore. So um, he gives it to her and she's looking at it, She's like, she tells this story. It is so ridiculous about like this guy traveling to her country when she was a kid. And uh, she like ramped to him. And he's like, what is that beautiful shirt you're wearing? And he, he's, she's like, he called it cashmere. <laughs> it is oh, it's so fucking funny. And um, she's looking at it, She's like, it's so beautiful. What? what's this red dot? And he's like, damn it. <laughs> so the episode concludes where George is back there, his office, or his boss called him to his office. And he's like, it's come to my attention that you've engaged in sexual intercourse with the cleaning woman on the desk in your office. And George's like, ah, I, uh, is that wrong? Like, is that frowned <laughs> upon here? Cause where I come from, we were doing that all the time. And, <laughs> He gets fired, and uh, the drunk guy, he comes back in just completely wasted, and he's looking around, he's pissed, and he's back on the wagon, and uh, <laughs> George, like, puts his hand out, he's hiding under the desk with Elaine and Jerry, and he's holding the sweater, and he grabs he's like, is, is that cashmere? And you hear George, like, quietly from under the table, of course it's cashmere. <laughs> he's like, oh. What's with this red dot? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what my favorite part about most Seinfeld episodes is that the beginning and the middle, like always, both the A and B story always tie in some way into yeah. the end. Like you have the the A story, which is George with the sweater, and then you have the B story with the guy that Jerry left his drink next to, completely wasted, back on the wagon, and then at the end they both connect with the sweater. I I love that. <laughs> Um, so our next episode that we covered also from Seinfeld was Festivus. Uh, Keegan, would you like to, to talk a little bit about Festivus? Uh, okay. So I can remember, how does the episode start? I'm trying to remember. They're in the diner, right? Yeah. Uh, and George gets like a, a letter from his dad. A Christmas yeah. card. Yeah, yep. a Christmas card. And he's basically talking about Festivus. And um, Elaine, of course, is like, what's Festivus? And Jerry starts explaining the whole thing as uh, 
basically George's dad got like fed up with the the normal holiday traditions and created his own his own holiday. <laughs> uh, it's it's if, such a bizarre if, concept. <laughs> if you want, I could talk a little bit about the festivist traditions. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so there, instead of a tree, he puts up a pole. Um, everybody has to attend the dinner, which. It includes the airing of grievances, where you talk about the problems that you have with the people in the room. There's the feats of strength, which we never really see what that is, except for off screen we hear, uh, quit being a baby and fight your father. (laughs) (laughs) His mom's like, you can take him, Georgie. Uh, I don't think I'm forgetting anything. Am I forgetting any other Festivus traditions? I don't think so. I think it's just the three, right? Yeah. Um, I would argue that this episode is only like 35% Christmas, whereas like the last one was 50. I wouldn't even say 35. I'd say it's like closer to 25. Yeah, I can get behind 25. We'll meet in the middle at 30. Okay. We'll meet at 30. That's what we do with the podcast start time today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So it actually doesn't start the diner. It's uh, at Tim Watley's Hanukkah party. We forgot to talk about Tim Watley. Oh, yes. Uh, so Brian Cranston, famous for his role as Walter White, plays a dentist in the uh, series named Tim Watley. Remember, because Elaine uh, gives that guy her phone number, but it's a fake number. Yeah, that's right. And and so the A story is, uh, I would say the A story is Elaine with that. And she's trying to um, get her free sandwich, wasn't it? Yeah. She had a card with, yeah, she yeah, so purchased it was 20 free sandwiches. Yeah, the 24th one was free, that's right. And then we kind of have a C-plot in here as well with Jerry and his, uh, the girl he meets at Tim Watley's party. Yeah, I can't remember what all, I'm trying to remember what happens with uh, with her. Uh, her name was Gwen. Oh, it was the, the Two-Face. The switcheroo, yeah, the Two-Face. Yeah. Because she would like sit. So Jerry, uh, the C plot in this episode is um, Jerry gets with this woman, and in different lights, her looks completely change. Like it looks like a completely different actress. Yeah, like she'll go from like looking really like made up and like <laughs> makeup and everything, and then it goes uh, where like the lighting changes, and then she's got like these massive bags under her eyes. There's no makeup on. It's it's completely different. Yeah, it, and he wants to like eat with her only at the monk's diner, but at this like very specific booth in the diner where the lighting is just perfect. Yeah, and uh, I love when Kramer like runs into her, and uh, it's her un- like she's unattractive, and he's just like, "Yow," <laughs> and he's like, uh, "You're uh, more attractive than uh, Jerry's girlfriend, I think." Or, or he says, uh, "I can't remember what." She's like, "It's Gwen," and he's like. No, you're not. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what it is. She's more attractive than your girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and uh, she starts thinking what Jerry's cheating on him because of that. Yeah, I can't remember. Okay, I, that's what I thought. Um, the B story in this, I would say actually, I would switch them around, and I would say Elaine and Jerry are the B and C, and. The A story is Festivus. Kramer with the yeah Festivus with Kramer and George in the bagel shop. Yeah, 
the the really only holiday thing in this is like the last five minutes, really. Yeah, a big thing about it too is uh, like it completely comes out of nowhere, where uh, Kramer gets his job back, and uh, it's like we've been on strike for what was it like eight years or something like that. Yeah, eight years. Nobody down there even recognizes him. They're like, yeah. "Who it's are like, you?" The strike is off. I'm going back to work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's oh my god. That the A plot is so good. And um George ends up writing what a fake thing for a chair or he's um gets a gift at Tim Watley's party that says like a charitable donation has been made in his name. So he gets the idea to do it in his office and he has everybody like fill it out and his boss is like, Oh cool, I got like twenty thousand dollars uh we need to donate or something ridiculous like that. He's like, Donate it to the human fund which was when he named the fake charity and he was like, Oh my God, this is really bad. He's like, I either have to like become a philanthropist or like tell the truth. And I can't remember how he, how does he pitch the Festivus to get him out of it? Uh, I don't remember. I, I think he, he, I know he's like, explain yourself or whatever. Oh, that's what it was. He said that uh, he gave out the fake cards because he didn't want to be persecuted for his beliefs. Oh, he celebrates right. Festivus instead, and he's like, "All right, prove that it's real." Yeah, that's what it is. Um, so the um B plot with Elaine, she's trying to get her fake number back, or she's trying to get the card with her fake number back, and she goes to what like a bookie. Yeah, it's like a betting place, and um. Because that's apparently where all of her calls have been going the last few years, and uh, whenever she gives out the fake number, she uses the same one. Yep. They're like, oh, Elaine Bennis, we've had a lot of people call for <laughs> And uh, she has to give them her number, and she decides to give them a fake number, <laughs> and she gives them the number of the bagel stand because she doesn't want the two creepy guys in the uh, the betting shop to, yeah. to give her phone calls. The best thing she is that she doesn't even like the sandwich. But yeah, it's no, a free she, sandwich. She, yeah, she paid what? Like, let's just say the sandwiches are seven dollars a piece. She bought twenty three of them. That's one hundred and sixty one dollars to get a seven dollar free sandwich. Even if they're five bucks, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so Elaine's like kind of staking out the uh, the bagel shop, waiting for the call, and um, she finally like gets a hold of St- uh, I think the guy's name is Steve. Yeah. I think so. she, goes up to, she goes up to him and Kramer sabotaged the steamer in the bagel shop and like her Elaine's makeup is running all down her face and he, it's really funny because it kind of mirrors the other uh the C plot with um Jerry Jerry's girlfriend yeah and how she looks a different light because Elaine looks <laughs> awful here with her makeup running and everything <laughs> and he gives her a fake number um so we finally end on the festivus which is the actual um Christmassy part of this, yeah, and uh, they all are there, and uh, <laughs> the clerks from the betting shop call Kramer asking for Elaine, and he brings them and Gwen. Everybody's there, and Gwen sees Elaine, and she thinks that that's Jerry's ugly girlfriend, yeah, because Elaine looks terrible. <laughs> and uh, Jerry's like, there's this really funny moment where Jerry's like going after her. And he goes, oh! (laughs) Not the best lighting on the porch. (laughs) Yeah, not the best lighting on the porch. So, um, I love George's dad, the actor. A little bit of trivia. Um, 
Frank Costanza, the actor, he was originally supposed to be kind of meek and not loud at all. That was and Estelle, his wife, was supposed to be really loud and he was supposed to be kind of quiet. And they went through like thirty or forty different people and they couldn't figure out who was going to be Frank. And he came in. And I'm trying to remember his name. I'm gonna have to Google it real quick. Uh, cause that's gonna, oh, Jerry Stiller, Ben Stiller's dad. And, um, he went in and he did the, uh, the read and he was just screaming and yelling and Larry David was just like laughing his ass off. He like threw it back in Estelle's face and they kind of went at each other, but he is so perfect just cause he is the embodiment of ridiculousness. Yeah. Like in this episode, Whenever he's talking to them about the Festivus traditions, he's just like screaming and he's like, I got a lot of problems with you people and you're going to hear about them. And he starts with George's boss and he's just completely shitting on him. He's like, my son tells me your company sucks. (laughs) And uh, he's like in the middle of this rant and he goes, I lost my train of thought. He just (laughs) sits down. He just sits down. And um, we get this great moment when they they go to move on to the third uh, festivist tradition of the uh, the show of strength, the feats of strength, the feats of strength, yes. and then it's uh it's uh who's who's gonna fight me? And then it's George is sitting there trying to like like he's not gonna fight him. And then his boss just goes, "How about George? <laughs> How about George? <laughs> he's like drinking fucking whiskey out of a flask." <laughs> oh my god and then the last thing we hear is them getting into it and he's like quit being a baby and fight your father and his mom's like you can take him georgie i think <laughs> like the uh stinger at the end isn't kramer fired he gets like his chewing gum stuck in the bagel dough or something i think so i think that's what it was yeah um so i have a surprise for you okay uh I did some uh, pre-work for the podcast, and I didn't tell you about it ahead of time. Okay. So I'm gonna. It's gonna make me up. do more editing. No, 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 no. <laughs> what is this? It's a good thing. What is this? I made a custom oh. tier list for the Christmas episode. Oh shit! Yeah. So I don't know how you want to do it. It's up to you. We could do them in terms of quality. Or we can do them in terms of how closely they relate to Christmas, and I can adjust this for percentages. It's up to you if you want to do it on what's the better episode or that. Let's go off of better episode. Better episode. All right, so we could do the first two. Where are we putting the red dot? I'll put that in A tier for now. Yeah, we can move it. I'd say A tier. Uh, For Festivus, that one's tough. Yeah, because if we're going off the quality episode, it's really good. But if we're going off of like the uh, how Christmassy it is, it's like D tier. Well, we're going, we are going quality. Yeah. I'm gonna say S just for that last five minutes. Okay, <laughs> that last five minutes is gold. I I love that episode. I love the <laughs> quit being a baby and fight your father. <laughs> is this uh, is this like shared so the uh, yeah the uh, audience can see it. Okay, uh, for audio listeners, we have uh, Festivus right now in S tier, and the red dot in A tier. So I guess we are on to the SpongeBob Christmas special, which is your pick if you want to start talking about that. 
Uh, okay. So, SpongeBob Christmas special. We both actually, when we got into it, we're like, this is better than I remember. Uh, it's very strange. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, because, like, I remember it being good, but I did not remember it being that good. It was, it was actually pretty phenomenal, really. Um, but anyway, so the episode starts out with, um, SpongeBob going into Sandy's tree dome as she's uh, lighting the tree for Christmas, and he's like, "That's a fire person." And then she's like, "It's not a fire; it's just Christmas." And uh, she tells him like the whole history and everything. And SpongeBob starts trying to spread joy to everybody in Bikini Bottom, get them all to send their list to Santa and everything. Um, which, in this moment, we were both kind of like Squidward's always been kind of a dick throughout like SpongeBob. In this episode, he's re- like a huge dick. Yeah, we were talking about that. I was like, I've seen all these memes. It's like I relate to Squidward now so much as like as an adult. Yeah. And like I agree with that for most episodes, but this one, he was a prick. Right. Like he was a prick the whole time. Like SpongeBob's just trying to like get everybody in the Christmas spirit and everything, and then he's just like, I don't believe in Santa Claus. <laughs> uh but- the only thing I can guilt them on for doing is they cut down they cut down his tree and stole it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the but things it, I do love though is when the uh SpongeBob's getting everybody to write their Christmas lists and Patrick's like, uh, can I have another piece of paper? And then you see him with the pencil in between his legs and he's going like this to try and write the fucking letter. <laughs> uh it's a great moment, and uh, then it, we get the thing at the very end where it's like, "Would you ask for Patrick?" And he's like, "Another piece of paper." <laughs> <laughs> Some great jokes in this one. Uh, yeah, it's that early season SpongeBob man, right before uh, Steven Hillenburg left. Yeah. Um, then we get the you we get the uh, musical number for the episode, and. When we watched it, Mike literally sang every single lyric. He's like, I haven't seen this in like 13 years. How do I remember this? Yeah, I the last time I saw it, I was probably like 14, which would have been eight years ago. Yeah. I haven't seen it in eight years, and I remembered the lyrics perfectly. I haven't like looked up the song, nothing. I was just saying a lot. I was like, that's crazy. Right. Um, but as we uh, as we go through the episode... Everybody stays up all night waiting for uh, for Santa, who uh, unfortunately never shows up. So Squidward is like, "I'm right, I'm right, I was right." Being a real dick, and he like he even like takes a picture of SpongeBob, who's like about to burst into fucking tears. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Ah, oh, look, Bikini Bottom's first Christmas." <laughs> um. Then SpongeBob's in a really depressed mood, starts taking down all the Christmas decorations and everything. Uh, so Squidward, you know, goes back into his house, dresses up as Santa, and, you know, starts giving out, uh, starts, gives SpongeBob his, a gift for Christmas. Then everybody else in town starts showing up, so he gives away basically everything in his entire house. And then uh, we get the reveal at the end where, you know, he gets a letter opens it up and it's from saying he's like thanks for all the good help this year as he sees santa off in the distance going off it, the funniest thing was the fucking santa starts like whipping his head around and everything we're just like what the fuck and we looked it up and it was uh was it a writer yeah it was yeah. it was not an actor it was somebody who just like worked on the show they just like talked him into doing it yeah it was great 
They, um, that's the second time they've done that. They talked that guy into the the makeout reef. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was a right or two. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but as far as like SpongeBob as a show, this was a fant- a fantastic Christmas special, and I'd say it came out during SpongeBob's best year, which was season two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I I think uh, anything before like season five is really good SpongeBob. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, overall, I'd say, like, as far as Christmas goes, like, on a, how Christmassy this is, I'd say it's, it's pretty damn close to, I'd say like a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, the whole plot is Christmas. Yeah. Christmas songs. It's, the episode would not exist without Christmas. I think it's mainly a lot of the sitcoms that we'll get to that have. Yeah. That don't really relate to Christmas per se. This was definitely very, this was a hundred percent Christmas. And, uh. I just want to say as well the the Patchy the Pirate wraparounds. If you guys have never seen SpongeBob, yeah. sometimes there's a character called Patchy the Pirate. He's in live action instead of animated. He'll come in and talk about, you know, whatever pertain. It's usually during a special, isn't it? Some kind of yeah. special he comes in. Yeah. And uh, it was cool. I I remember that wraparound segment with the cookie dough and everything because Patchy like fucking dies. <laughs> yeah. Patchy <laughs> literally eats the entire thing of cookie dough. And then uh uh he's he comes up, he's like, uh, what did you do? And then you see his entire body just fall off. <laughs> yeah, his whole body falls like detaches from his head and his head is hanging. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we were watching that. I did the uh, I quoted Jeremiah and I was like, He's fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> like that kills somebody. It's great. But yeah, it, it is a very good episode. The song's really good. Uh, the story's really good. I I like how Squidward like gives away like everything in his house. Yeah, like trying to make amends. It's yeah. it's very sweet. And the the gift that SpongeBob gives him as well the uh the wooden clarinet that's like carved, and it plays at like it plays a a Christmas song when you press a button. It's great. Yeah, it's it's very sweet. I'm gonna pull up the tier list. <laughs> I'm I'm feeling a hard ass for this one. Yeah, I agree. We'll have to go back in at the end and uh, edit it up. See what we got. Yeah, see what we what we got where. So I guess the next one to cover is Red Slay Down. Yep. Um, let me think how I want to start this. We kind of leaned into uh, uh, animation for a few of these, so. Uh, we have a. Uh, my camera's not turning back on. Oh. Hold on. That's awkward. That is awkward. <laughs> Give me like two seconds. Okay. I'll distract them. So, anyway. Uh, the podcast. Christmas. Uh, eggnog. Everybody pretends to like the fruitcake. That's that's rule number one. If you actually like fruitcake, uh, you're wrong. I don't know what else to tell you. I'm sorry. Um, sorry for your taste buds. What are you? What are you discussing? Uh, I was telling them that if they like the fruitcake, they're lying. It is a lie. Fruitcake <laughs> is disgusting. My camera is loading. It's loading. It's like I got a little loading icon in the middle of Dick Cheney's face. <laughs> Speaking of Dick Cheney, I'm just gonna get right into this, Whoa. and hopefully that loads in. Well, like I transition, mean, I guess. <laughs> well, he had a big influence on this episode, if you think about that's, it. Yeah, well, that's fair. He was the reason we were in Iraq and Afghanistan, partially. 
Um, so, um, this episode of South Park that we're covering, for those of you who don't know, South Park is a satire animated adult television show created by Trey Parker and Matt Stone, uh, two of my favorite human beings to ever walk the earth. They literally dressed up as women and went to the Oscars. They are amazing. They pretended that they weren't dressed up as women. Yeah, anytime anybody at the Oscars would mention it to him, they were like, it's such a lovely evening. It's such a great night tonight. <laughs> like, they would just completely <laughs> defuse anything that they were saying. Yep. And um, so it, it centers around these four uh, boys, um, Kyle, Kenny, Eric, and Stan Cartman. Not Eric, sorry. I don't know why even. But um, basically, they are the only ones that kind of see the world for the way it is. And, like, all of the adults are just stupid. And o- only the kids, like, really see what's going on and like the deep root of problems it's really good um the show is very mature i will say it is even compared to like i would even say compared to things like family guy it's oh it's definitely like the most mature out of like all of the uh the like adult animation yeah it, it it's very mature and it also i would say gets the um it also gets the most political i'm back hey there you go there we go. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it couldn't find my webcam for some reason. Um, so anyway, uh, this episode was released barely a year after 9-11. Uh, for historical context, it's called Red Slay Down. Um, a parody name off of the movie that had come out in 2002 called Black Hawk Down, which is about a Black Hawk helicopter that went down in Afghanistan. In the in the uh, special, Cartman is with his accountant, who is Kyle's nephew, Kyle, or Kyle's cousin, Kyle, and uh, he's like going through the list and like deducting all the times he was naughty and nice, you know. And he was like, "Erica, you owe Santa like uh, fifty presents." <laughs> it was like, like you're in it was like a th- it was like two thousand something, wasn't it? Oh, was it that high? I didn't yeah. even think it was that high. It might have been. Or, or no, no, no. That was how many was, times he was naughty. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was it like two thousand three hundred forty-eight. Uh, like three like times. Three. Being nice. Yeah. yeah. He's like, uh, so Santa's not giving you shit this year, and Cartman's like, well, I gotta, I gotta find a way, and he like get, gets his Christmas sweater, and he's like got the spirit, and uh, Mister Hanky the Christmas Pooh shows up, and I gotta have to explain this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to explain this. There's a turd that's sentient. <laughs> this is going to be a fucking YouTube short. <laughs> There's a turd that's sentient that is related to Christmas in some... He was a Christmas like mascot created by the show. He's Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh. Anyway, he shows up to South Park because, of course, it's Christmas. And uh, he he's like, oh, uh, hey, boys. And Eric gets the idea. He's like, what if uh, what if we delivered presents to the kids in Afghanistan? And he's like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's go to the, the North Pole and uh, talk to Santa about it. And the B story of this episode is Jimmy, um, a character in the show who has a little bit of a speech impediment. He is singing the 12 Days of Christmas. For the entire town of South Park, and that is the entire B plot. And I'm not exaggerating. Every time it cuts back to the B plot, 
he's just like another day or two into the song. Yeah, like it comes, it, it starts out and then it comes back and it's like, uh, he's like in a partridge in a pear tree on the third day. <laughs> <laughs> like half the townspeople are asleep. Yeah. So they make it to Santa's Fortress of Solitude, modeled after Superman's home base. Like, Santa, let's go to Iraq. Um, man, this episode is probably going to get demonetized if it goes on YouTube. Um, <laughs> so no, we're, uh, we're 40 minutes in. They're not going to say anything. Okay. We're past the threshold. So Santa is like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's go to Afghanistan. And uh, he, 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 they go over there. I can't, is it Iraq or Afghanistan in the episode? I can't I think remember. it's Iraq. Is it Iraq? Oh, I'm gonna look it up because I don't want to be wrong. That's fair. From that. I don't want to like keep saying the. Uh, it is yeah. Iraq. Okay, so this is right when we were like making the decision to invade Iraq because we said uh, Saddam Hussein had weapons yeah. that he did not possess. We're. Uh, it's gonna get a little not really controversial. Political, po- political yeah. It's going to get a little political. Um, some of the other ones that we're going to talk about, too, also lean into, like, religion. So there's that, too. But Yeah, we should have started the episode off with, like, hey, this is going to have some political messaging and some yeah. uh, religious themes. I mean, it is a Christmas. That, that's kind of given a little yeah. bit. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so Santa's flying over Iraq, and a couple of members, I'm not sure what group they're supposed to be a part of. I'm not sure if they're supposed to be Al-Qaeda or if they're just Iraqi military. I a don't group? Know. Yeah, they're a group in Iraq. They shoot Santa's sleigh down. They kill, they kill all his reindeer. And they're like, oh my god, red sleigh down, red sleigh down. And they're like, get in contact with Santa. And he like looks down, he's like, both of Santa's legs are broken. <laughs> <laughs> he like refers to himself in third person. And they kidnap him and they uh, they take him away and they're like, shit, what do we do? We, we need to um, get Santa out of there. And one of the boys is like, Jesus! So they they leave, and I like I can't remember if I told you or not, but I was like, yeah, he's I can't remember if I told you, but he's like an actual character in South Park. Yeah, like he just like exists in the town. He just kind of hangs out there. Um, so they go to find him. Meanwhile, it cuts back to Iraq, and <laughs> Santa's getting tortured. And they like, uh, one of the guys comes in. He's like, "You're gonna tell me something today, my main man." And he's got like <laughs> this battery with jumper cables. He hooks it. Just Santa's junk, and it's so funny. The line delivery from Matt Stone and Trey Parker. He's like, not Santa's balls. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he starts fucking electrocuting him, trying to get him to give information on the U.S. government. And Santa's like, I don't know shit, so you're in for a long fucking night. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut back, and they, they go in, and uh, they're like, Jesus. He's like, yes, my children. And uh, what he's like, what are you doing here? And they're like, Jesus, Santa's been taken. And uh, this is one of the episodes that there's some callback. Um, there was when South Park got picked up, it was because Trey and Matt recorded a Christmas card, and it was called Jesus versus Santa Claus, and it was just the two of them fighting with the four boys standing there watching. It's like six minutes long, and it got like spread around. Like NBC executives had the tape, and it, Comedy Central execs had the tape, and that's how they got picked up by uh, Comedy Central is that tape that they made that on. So there's like in the show, there's lore between the two of them. Uh, 
so Jesus is like, we got to get him back. And he like opens this, uh, what do they call it? Is the pupils or the, um, I can't remember what they're called. I can't remember. The confession, the confessional booths. Oh yeah. And, uh, there's just like rifles and <laughs> pistols and he's like lock and load. <laughs> uh, at this and, point, we're probably at about the fifth day of Christmas. So <laughs> they, Keegan's keeping us up to date on the bees. <laughs> so, um, Jesus Christ goes uh, with the boys to Santa's Fortress of Solitude, <laughs> and they're like, "All right, we got the these new reindeer, and uh, I hope I could find their names." Hold on, I want to read out the reindeer's names. Yeah, because they they're it's like, "How do we get them to fly?" And then they're like, "You say their names," and they start they start saying, uh, uh like the the normal reindeer names that I can't remember right now because uh, I'm forgetful. Yeah, like Comet and Cupid, Donner and Vixen, yeah. like the original. Yeah, and they're like, and... no, 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 they're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> the new reindeer names are Steven and Fluffy and Horace and Chantel, Skippy and Rainbow and Patches and Montel. <laughs> <laughs> and they go into Iraq, and uh, Jesus immediately like encounters this guy on the roof, and he's like, "Come to me, my child, and know me." And the the guy like walks up to him, he's like really confused, and Jesus goes, "There's something you should know about me, my son." I'm packing, and he like stabs him in the throat with a knife, <laughs> and they battle down to Santa, and Santa kills the guy that like was torturing him. And it there's this great joke where they make you think that he didn't do it because he like fired. He's like, I just couldn't do it, and it pans him down. He's got like four bullets in his head, and Santa goes, I just couldn't do it. He tortured Santa's balls. <laughs> so they're going to leave, and then. Jesus gets shot in the stomach and killed. He drops to the ground and Santa's like holding him. He and he's like, "How bad is it?" <laughs> Santa's like, it, "It's not that bad." And Jesus is like, "Oh, you're a bad liar." And the boys are just standing there. And Kyle goes, "Dude, this is pretty fucked up." <laughs> <laughs> and they leave. They get in Santa's sleigh, and they're like. Cartman's like, oh, it just sucks that we didn't get to bring Christmas to them. And he's like, you're right. And he turns around and these two like missile launchers come out. And I remember Keegan going, uh, <laughs> and they start bombing Iraq, but they're not actually bombing it. It When the missiles hit the ground, it's like Christmas trees and like presents and shit. And they like fire a laser at this guy's rifle. It turns into a candy cane <laughs> and they go back. And uh, Santa's grateful and whatever. And Jimmy finally finishes the 12 days of Christmas. And they're looking under the tree for their presents. And, <laughs> and Cartman's like, he, he gets one from Santa and it's the same present that the other boys got. And he's like, well, now it's not special. I don't want it. And he like throws it on the ground, like yep. throwing a temper tantrum. And then Kenny shows up, which is really funny. And I told Keegan this while we were watching it. At this point in the show's canon... Kenny was like gone for a complete like season and a half almost like he was written off the show like midway through season five and then he just like appeared at the end of season six I was like yeah that was just bizarre they just like threw him in and then he was a mainstay from then <laughs> on so we can now let me pull up the tier list why can't I pull up the tier <laughs> list there we go all right, so we are on Red Slay Down. Uh, what are you thinking for this one? I go A tier. A tier? Yeah. High A tier? Because I was thinking S. Uh, Yeah, high A tier is fine. High 
my A tier? Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's do let's do Abed's first. Okay. So you could talk about it a little bit. Okay. Oh, let me go back. Okay. Um. So, uh, Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas is the second, third, Wait. third oh. Christmas special of uh, what's up? We forgot to say how Christmassy that episode of South Park oh. was. I just remembered. It's like ninety. <laughs> I would say like ninety, ninety-five, yeah. pretty much the whole thing. With you got that like five, ten percent. That's the political stuff. Yeah. Okay, you're good now. Sorry, I just didn't yeah. want to forget. So Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas is the, uh, I believe it's the season three Christmas special for Community. Um, it starts out with uh, Abed and everybody, you know, getting lunch in between classes, and Abed offhand mentions that they're all stop motion, and uh, they're all like, "Abed, what do you mean we're stop motion?" He's like, "You know, we're all we're all stop motion for the holidays." I'm assuming, uh, and they're like. That's concerning, uh, and they force him to go see the um, the school's psychology teacher, and uh, he's like, "Hmm, this is interesting and profitable because <laughs> he can like <laughs> he can take notes and be like, look at this basket case I've got.' <laughs> we we should mention this takes place in a community college, yes. like for uh, adults mainly. I mean, all community college, colleges are for adults, but this main group they're all in like their thirties, right? I've, I haven't uh, seen very much of the show. So a few of them are like early twenties, the others are like mid thirties, and then we have Pierce who is like in his fifties. Okay. Sixties, I don't remember. How old however old uh uh Chevy, Chevy Chase was at that time. time. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Um yeah. But they're um going through and he's like, This is super profitable. Um and they kind of you know they're they're like if we don't like solve this issue you they're they're gonna kick you out of college um and so they they devise a plan um Britta is like okay we're gonna we're gonna like do a christmas the meaning of Christmas is in the study room where they uh traditionally hang out throughout most of the episodes and uh he's like all right, I'll head over there turns out that the guidance or the psychology professor's there again and he's like yeah i'm a christmas wizard and we're gonna figure out why this is happening he's like i can see that they start floating flying through space and they're like there's planet holly and planet jolly and there's planet abed and he's like that's long and i was like whatever <laughs> uh they get there and throughout this we're trying to like uh he starts like kind of associating things to all the friends for like holiday themes so we get uh we get jeff who turns into jeff in the box uh brita bot they they all get like turned into different things my favorite has to be um teddy pierce it's just pierce but a teddy bear <laughs> that's my favorite one too just chevy chase and the body of a teddy bear i yeah. love that one yeah it's great um but the um psychology professor's like all right we need to go to the frozen or the cave of frozen memories to uh to try and track down what's going on so they start going through um they start losing more characters throughout it uh because they're they're starting to be like this isn't helping abed through like the through like the therapy and then uh they're like all right get rid of them if they're not helping uh my favorite has to be how jeff goes out because they they have humbugs 
they uh they're attracted to sarcasm he just starts get being super sarcastic and they like eat him alive <laughs> and all that's left is this this box with just his like upper skeleton in it and then just crumbles into a uh, pile um they go, go through the the cave of frozen memories the professor's like i can see my 10th christmas and abed's like i can't see your 10th christmas and he's like what do you what do you see he's like uh i see my house in uh in what is it islington somewhere in england yeah it's something like that and uh he's like i see like the i see the plaster i see i see my mom there and she i'm reading paddington uh paddington books she got me paddington every year uh we get this huge breakdown because he's like where's your dad your dad should be there on christmas and he's like we don't know where he is we never know mom won't start stop crying and he like runs out he's just he just leaves super depressing comes out of nowhere yeah it, it really i was not ready for that yeah. especially from john oliver <laughs> yeah um and then they're like all right i'm gonna abed's i'm gonna just self-destruct this entire ice cave we're getting out of here they get on a train leaving britta behind uh, in the process and um then we get the reveal as to why everything's in claymation well we get the reason we don't get the reveal as to why just yet but um, Abed mentions that uh, every December 9th, uh, his mom would, would visit and watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with him. And then uh, Troy, Troy says, but Abed, today's December 9th. And he's like, no, it must be December 8th. She always comes. Uh, we get this very cinematic scene. I don't know. Uh, so two of the two of the shows that we watch for this regular show and and this both had very like cinematic scenes for no reason at all. Yeah, yeah, they both. Did. <laughs> yeah, but it's Abed getting up on the train. He's like he's jumping to the to the front of the train car, um, and uh, and he like uh, separates the train cars. He's like. We're getting, we're separating the cars. Uh, you can go do your thing. Um, they're like, there's Santa's workshop. Pick it open. And it's like, uh, where's the meaning of Christmas? And then Priest is like, it might be that. And there's, there's a gift sitting there with a tag that says the meaning of Christmas. <laughs> uh, he starts opening it and there's different layers to it. And he finally opens it and it says, uh, uh, it's season one of Lost on DVD, which is a metaphor for, for disappointment, basically. Um, we get this, uh, great scene where the professor shows back up and he's, uh, he's basically like, I know the reason behind, uh, like what's causing all of this. And he has the Christmas card that Abed left on his, uh, his dorm room floor that morning, which is a Christmas card from his mom telling him that basically he's, she's moved on, has a new family, that he's a man now. Uh, and it, uh, he, in that moment, he becomes catatonic, but we see him basically be frozen over. Um, everybody shows back up, and they basically all sing a song while shooting him with their Christmas weapons. Uh, which Mike made a joke that it'd be funnier if they had just actual weapons. <laughs> like in real life, it like cut back to them, yeah. like pointing shit at yeah. him. Because the, the whole episode is basically a psychosis, like, dreamscape, pretty much. Um, but Mike wants an episode or a version of the episode where it's all like them just in the study room, just like acting out this stuff. <laughs> um, I think that'd be great. Yeah. 
so the uh, Abed's taken out of his psychosis and um, they're basically just like, we can do this for, you know, it doesn't have to change. We can do this for Christmas. And the episode ends on this amazing shot. We actually watched it two times where uh, it shows them all sitting down on the couch watching the end of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. The TV goes to black and you see all of the uh, actual cast in live action in the TV. Yeah, that was my favorite shot. I absolutely, I even mentioned that to uh, Keegan here when we finished. I was like, I went back and I replayed. I was like, oh, that's such a good shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty good episode. Um, I don't know if I prefer this one or the other Christmas one, right? From Community, uh, Community uh, has four, and they're all they're all pretty good. So, but here we are for the ranking. Where would you put it? You first. No, you go first. I insist. I don't want it to influence yours. No, go ahead. High B. Okay, that's fair. Is that where would you put it? No, I'd say that too, or like low A, but we'll we'll leave it there for now. But we can readjust as needed. Uh, so I'll do um, Billy and Mandy save Christmas next. So Billy and Mandy, uh, this is one that I feel like warrants explanation for what this show is. <laughs> Uh, because I feel like a lot of people now might not have heard of it, or I don't know, it's hard to say. It it ran for like six or seven years on Cartoon Network, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Looking back on it, it was really dark that Cartoon Network allowed them to have a show like this. Yeah. It's about these two kids, Billy and Mandy, and uh, they befriend death, like the actual Grim Reaper. I wouldn't really they... say it's friendship. It's more contractually obligated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they kind of could become buddies a little bit. Uh, but yeah, they basically, the Grim Reaper loses in a, um, it's a uh, limbo contest yeah. with them. He loses a limbo contest uh, over the soul of Billy's hamster, and he becomes like permanently attached to them. So uh, this Christmas special is really fun. I like it. It opens on a shopping mall, and their neighbor, uh, Scar, he's dressed up as santa claus and scar is like a mix between i don't know he's a mix between a bunch of like 80s villains kind of like he's got the eye thing going on that um dr no has and yeah i could see some like cobra commander in there too yeah um and he's like (laughs) the kids are telling him what he wants for christmas and billy sits on his lap and like pisses himself (laughs) And he, he's like, I can't, is it Billy or is it a different kid that pisses on him? No, it's Billy. Cause he was, he's Billy. like this line for the bathroom so long. And they're like, this is actually the line for Santa. Oh yeah, that's right. He, he pisses on him and, um, his beard gets ripped off at some point. It's like, Oh, it's scar. And, uh, they're like, you, you mean you're not Santa? And even the adults like, we're like, what do you mean he's not Santa? And they, like, completely riot in the mall. And they, like, yeah, the they knock over the Christmas down. tree and set it on fire. <laughs> yeah, the mall's, like, burning and they're walking away. And Grimm's like, how come every time I take you two kids to the mall, it burns to the ground? <laughs> uh, so, um, how do they, I'm trying to remember how they end up going to the North Pole. I think it's because Mandy doesn't believe in Grimm's like, I know him, we went to college. Yeah, that's right. Or something like that. 
So uh, he opens up a portal with his scythe, and they go to the North Pole, and Santa's nowhere to be seen. They run into Mrs. Claus, and she's like, oh, it's terrible. Santa was bitten by a vampire. And Santa in this, I should mention, is played by the great late Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> Perfectly. It's just Gilbert Gottfried doesn't do a different voice. It's just Gilbert Gottfried screaming as Santa Claus. Yep. And uh, they get to see him, and he is indeed infected by a vampire. And uh, they're like, what do we do? And they're like, we need to kill the head vampire. And uh, he, his name is like Von Dusseldorf or something yeah. like that. And uh, he is played by Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> so they're they're going to meet him. And uh, we get introduced to the head vampire. He's like brushing his teeth, and he's singing singing in the rain. And I told Keegan when we were watching this, I was like, scene is really fucked up for it to be on Cartoon Network because Malcolm McDowell was in A Clockwork Orange, and if anybody knows anything about Clockwork Orange, he is uh, doing some very, very, very despicable things while he sings that song in the movie, and they had him singing it, Billy <laughs> and Mandy. So they break in and like they spill like water on his floor. I think it's like from when they come in from the window. So they they broke the glass. So he's like yeah. sweeping it up. Oh, that's right. And it's like wet. He's like, do you know how long it takes to get these stains out? And they're like, did you bite Santa Claus? And he was like, no, 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 no. And they were trying to figure out who, who did. They're like, well, if we kill you, you know, he gets put back. He's like, you don't want the head vampire. You want the head head vampire. <laughs> they're like, well, who is the head head vampire? And we get the reveal a little bit later on that it's Mrs. Claus. Santa married a vampire. Yep. And she's pissed because every year um she has to do like all the work around the house and Santa pretty much she says only works one day a year on Christmas Eve delivering presents and like every other day is just sitting in there checking his list. He's like, Nice, nice, naughty, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh so she was pissed and she bit Santa and turned him into a vampire. And um they need to find a way to like kind of bring him out of it and all the elves are like bats and i i can't remember it's uh billy finds this thing it's like break glass in case it's turned into a vampire yeah. and it's this it's this hologram of uh santa and he's talking about like what to do isn't it uh i care if it's a song or is it milk and cookies because i know mandy sings but i can't remember. it's uh it's milk and cookies yeah so he's like you want to start with a with a like half scoop of baking soda uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, he's literally just giving them the directions to make cookies, and yep. he gives them to Santa, and he eats them, and he returns back to normal, and they're all just kind of sitting there at the end, and Mandy's like, "Well, you you guys are just gonna like sit together." I mean, she turned you into a vampire, and <laughs> Santa's like, "Mandy, you don't understand." <laughs> <laughs> He was like, I gotta be a better Santa Claus and all this shit. And Malcolm McDowell is there as the head vampire. And uh, that's, I think that's about it. Yeah, so basically she's like, I only did it because I wanted more help around the house. And uh, basically the the head vampire is so like, uh, he's like a neat freak. So he just becomes like a little maid for him. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, for this one, we pull up the tier list here. The tier list. Where would you put this episode? I'd go low A. 
See, I was thinking mid-A, so that works. All right. All right. Awesome. So we got five down, right? Nope. nope, six. Six down. So we're halfway done. We got six to go. You're an hour in. That'll be about two. So uh, this one is another episode that deals very heavily on religion. Uh, what did you say this episode of Community was called? Isn't it uh, Comparative Religion? Comparative Religion. That's it. All right. So uh, go ahead. You're off to the races. All right. So this one um, starts out. This is the first season's Christmas special. Um, this one's a little bit different because it kind of, up until this point in the show, we didn't know anybody's religion. And this one starts out by putting everybody's religion on the table. Um, so we get that uh, Annie is Jewish. Uh, Jeff is agnostic. Britta is um, atheist. Basically, everybody has their is a different religion. Abed's Muslim. Um, but we have Shirley, who is the very pushy Christian type. And they're all like, yeah, we all like, we're all different religions. She's like, oh, God is testing me. <laughs> uh, but basically, they, uh, there's this bully character that starts off and, uh, Abed's like, Abed grabs cookies for everybody at the table, and uh, he's like, hey, give me a, give me a winter doodle, which, uh, from what Mike and I determined, a winter doodle is basically just a snickerdoodle, but it's, uh, it's been cookie-cuttered into a Christmas cookie. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and basically, Jeff uh, steps in, he's like, hey, leave him alone. Uh, he's like, give me a winter doodle, and he's like, if you want to sound intimidating, don't call the cookie by its name. um but he's like okay we're gonna uh he kind of like brushes it off he's like we're i'm not gonna fight him i'm you know i'm over the age of 23 i'm not gonna fight this guy um and surely at this point has been like making bracelets for everybody that um with like scrabble scrabble letters that um it's what would baby jesus do but it's like all abbreviated and um or not is it abbreviated? Is that the right term? I I think so. Anyway. Um we're going through and she's like, We're gonna have a Christmas party. Um everybody everybody's invited to be there. Jeff gets to the point where there's a he's doing a, a Spanish exam and the the bully from the uh before comes in and he's like uh he basically critiques his Spanish throws his thing on the on the floor and he's like all right that's it i'm not gonna be the bigger, bigger man we're gonna fight um at like the this bike rack in like a day or whatever um and they're like don't tell shirley about it because if if i end up fighting shirley's gonna be super pissed about it um <laughs> we get this great scene through the um through like the b plot of it where shirley is sitting there like getting everything ready for the christmas party and uh we have Annie who comes in and she has um what's it called? The like candle. The uh the uh, the menorah. Menorah, yeah. She has the menorah and uh Shirley's like, This is uh this is your your Jewish candle holder thing and then she's like uh and then she just puts it in the Christmas tree. <laughs> just just stuffs it in there. Uh but then she accidentally slips up and mentions that Jeff is going to fight that guy. 
and uh she's like that's not gonna happen um jeff is then in the uh in a separate room with pierce troy and britta and they're all like this is how you this is we're gonna teach you how to fight because jeff has been never been in a fight before uh and pierce is like a man has uh a man getting hit is is like uh it's like a rite of passage uh <laughs> and he's sitting there with the gloves and he's like throwing punches at it uh <laughs> We get this great scene where Shirley's like, you're not going to fight. And then uh, Pierce is like, I don't even know what he's talking about. And he shows his hand and he has the, the punching mitt on. He's like, I don't know what that is as he walks away. <laughs> um, so basically, Shirley's like, uh, Shirley basically claims that Jeff is dead to her because he's going to fight uh, on on Christmas, despite the fact that it's December 10th. <laughs> Uh, so we get to the scene when they're just before they're about to fight and, uh, Jeff's like, I'm going to be a bigger man. Um, and he like kind of, he looks at the bracelet and says, what would Shirley do? Uh, and the guy like starts hitting him with cheap shots. Shirley's standing there and she's like, Jeff, kick his ass. We get the scene where everybody starts fighting this entire group of bullies together. Uh, Pierce punches Jeff straight in the nose. <laughs> And he's like, "You're welcome." <laughs> uh, we go, we cut back, and they're like, post fight during their Christmas party. Jeff has two rolled up t- pieces of tissue paper in his nose. It's hilarious because he's just like sitting there with his mouth agape, just like. <laughs> um, and that's that's pretty much the conclusion. It's we get like the whole th- the whole thing behind Community as a show is like. It's kind of about finding your second family in a way. So, yeah. Uh, and this being their first introduction to, uh, to like a Christmas special, it really leans into that. Yeah, I like this episode. I think I liked Abed's a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I think they're both just, good. They are both good. I just like Abed's a little bit more. This one, like the fighting stuff just like came across so strange to me. Right. Like they were getting bullied on a college campus like that. Yeah. Like when it's most of them are like 30, yeah. it was just so bizarre to me. And they were doing it like a, like a third grader would. Yeah. Uh, I would put this episode like right under Abed's. I agree. I think Abed's is just slightly better. Yeah. Okay. So what have we got left? This one is Ooh, yours. This how one. far will we go on the on the Christmas chart? We almost forgot. Oh right. Uh, I would say eighty percent. Yeah, I'd agree. And then Abed's is like ninety five, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, so I've got three left, right? Or do you have three left? Um, Who picked regular show? Me or you? That was a group decision. <laughs> okay, we could both talk about the council. Show. I'll uh, I'll talk about Frasier real quick just because um, I feel like this one can get through pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, Frasier is a sitcom like many of the others. It is about the this uh, psychiatrist who's like a radio host named Frasier Crane. He hosts this uh, morning show where he kind of talks to people about their problems. In this episode, he meets this uh, Jewish girl at an airport and uh, – or he meets this Jewish girl's mom and uh, she like kind of sets him up with her daughter. And uh, eventually Frazier like has her come over to his place and uh, 
he's got all these Christmas decorations up. She's like, oh, my mom's coming up. You have to hide these. Yeah, because she's like, you're not Jewish? And he's like, no. (laughs) So they have to hide them. It's really funny because, like, the dog, like, comes around the corner and he's, like, freaking out because it's got, like, antlers on him. Yeah, it's wearing a full-on Santa costume. (laughs) He's, like, uh, he's walking him in. He turns around, sees the dog. He's like, get out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, get out. Uh, I love Fraser, by the way. I Fraser's so funny. Um, so the mom's like, "Oh, it smells good. What are you making?" And what does he say? Brisket. Um, I think so. He says brisket, even though it's a ham, because yeah. they, you know, uh, if you're Jewish, you don't eat pork. So he's like, "Oh, it's a it's a brisket," and um, there's all kinds of shit like that's threatening to jeopardize his plan. Like his brother Niles like shows up dressed as a, uh, as Jesus, isn't he? Yeah. There's a, there's a, like a Christmas play thing that they're putting on. And one of the characters, the, or one of the actors gets like, um, injured or something like that. It was an allergy. I can't remember. One of the two. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's like, yeah, I know all the words to the thing. I can, I can do that. And he runs back into the house uh, or the apartment dressed in a full Jesus costume <laughs> looking for uh, looking for something. I can't remember what yeah, it was. I, I, it was. He was having the allergy attack. Oh, that's what it is. Allergy medication. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Frazier was like, oh, my God. And right before this, uh, that w- they brought in the tree right before this, right? Like the Christmas tree had yeah, ordered. Yep. And they put and, it in the and they put it in the, the bathroom. <laughs> Yeah, his uh, Fraser's dad who lives with him, he's like, all right, put the tree, put the tree in the bathroom. And they're trying to hide all the Christmas stuff in the bathroom. And then mm. they hide Niles in the bathroom. I love the, I love the, the tree delivery guy. He's like, where should I put this? And he's like, most people put it in their living room. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Niles is in there and uh, the, the charade's going great. The mom's getting ready to leave. She's like, I really need to use the bathroom. And Frazier doesn't know what's in there. He doesn't know that Niles and the tree are both hiding in there. Yeah. So she thinks that Frazier's Jewish. They open the bathroom door and there is a man dressed as Jesus standing <laughs> next to a Christmas tree. <laughs> He's like, I should go. She's like, yeah, I heard this is your busy time. <laughs> <of the year." laughs> um. And they, her and her daughter get into like a huge fight because her mom's like, I don't care who you're dating as long as you're happy. And then they like hug and leave. And uh, Fraser and his dad, like they try to do that same thing to like get through some of their problems or like screaming at each other. And then they hug it out and they're like, this didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and Fraser's like, I think it's because we're not Jewish. We can't do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun little episode. I just kind of threw it in there as something a little bit different. Yeah. I love the part where when they're like doing the whole thing, like uh, shouting at each other and crying, and then they go, they were hugging at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Let me share my screen. Yeah. I would say this one is the whole plot revolves around Christmas. Yeah, I think we both did uh, something similar after watching. Um, we watched Frasier, and then we watched a episode of Friends. And we both did the we both did something similar. After we after we finished watching the Friends episode, you said I'm gonna watch more of this. And then after we watched the Frasier episode, I was like I might watch more of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I laughed a lot more at the Friends one uh, than I thought I would. All right, it had so, some pretty good moments. Yeah, it does. I would say for this one, I would say under the red dot. 
like or eh, i think the billy and mandy one i would still put it a but just very low a it's up to yeah. you i would go middle a like right under red dot sounds good to me above the billy and mandy christmas special <laughs> that's sacrilege. i really i really like this episode so as fair it did get you to want to watch more Frasier. so yeah um uh i was gonna say something i forgot what it was oh uh how where would you rank that uh, in terms of how christmasy the show is or the episode oh, the, that episode pretty much completely revolves around the holiday yeah the holiday is very necessary for that episode to exist right get out <laughs> get out <laughs> I, I we are on your pick for uh i can't remember what the uh, episode's called but parks and rec ah uh ron and diane um so this one off the bat i can already tell you it's not that christmasy it's like maybe 20 percent. it's pretty low yeah um because the episode the most christmas me uh, christmas me part of the episode is they have the what they call the uh the jerry dinner where it's um donna andy um tom and april all have a thing where every time that Jerry does something like, like he makes a mistake or an accident or something goofy, he basically, they put a dollar in a box. You should um, explain what Parks and Rec is. Ah, that's, that's bit. fair. Uh, so for anybody that hasn't seen Parks and Rec, it's a show that largely revolves around um, Leslie Nope, who is a uh, government employee who works in the Parks and Recreation Department. Um, and basically she just wants to, you know, make make parks that's that's the the main draw of it but the cast of characters around her um like ron swanson who do not uh like ron works in government but he is a libertarian so his entire purpose of working in government is to slow down the government (laughs) um and then we have all the other characters that like some of them are just there because i mean i guess it work in government just do that they don't really have the same aspirations as Leslie. Um, but to get back on topic uh, for the episode, um, the Jerry dinner is basically funded by every time Jerry makes mistakes, somebody puts a dollar in. And um, I think by the end, when they first start talking about it, they're like $518 or something like that, just from that year alone. Which if you think about that, Imagine making 518 mistakes in a year that, like, somebody laughs at. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Yeah. Um, but the, um, the A plot of this episode isn't really revolving around Christmas. Like I already said, the B plot is more revolved around Christmas, kind of. More so that it's on the holiday than it is about the holiday. Um... But Ron is basically uh, invited to this woodworking um, show because he submitted a chair that he created that he thought was serviceable, and they nominated it for an award. So he was, uh, he, you know, he's doing that whole thing. And at this point, Ron is dating a woman named Diane, who uh, is there. I think at this point in the show, their relationship is still relatively new. But Leslie's basically trying to be this um, emotional guardian for Ron so that he doesn't get hurt, despite the fact that Ron doesn't want her to do that at all. <laughs> um, 
Uh, and it kind of revolves around his ex-wife, Tammy, too, because he married another woman named Tammy. Uh, basically showing up in the picture. She's shown up in the past before in other episodes. And every time that she usually does, Ron, like, flies off the handle for uh, about a week. Um, but... The main focus for the for the Christmas part of this is during the B plot for the Jerry dinner. They're all like, "We're going to Jerry dinner," and then um, Donna is sitting there as she's driving, and she's like, "You know what? This is actually really mean. Anne's right. Let's go and pick up Jerry and take him to dinner." And they show up, and Jerry is having a, a like huge Christmas party. Everybody's showing up, um, and they're just they're like, "What?" Jerry didn't invite us and they're having this whole thing where they're sitting outside looking through the windows and everything at everybody uh and uh they're just like they knock on the window like Anne Anne let us in uh she's like oh look who look who decided to show up uh Donna's like hey I decided to come here so she's like all right you can come in everybody else you're staying outside <laughs> which in fairness that's that's fair yeah, that's fair yeah they they're kind of a dick to him yeah um chris pratt yeah the the funny thing about uh about jerry in the show is the way that they depicted him like having like being like the butt of all the jokes and everything the the showrunners were like well we don't want to like you know always build into that so we want to give him like a really nice life outside of work and they kind of lean into that uh, in this episode. So one of the characters, Ben, he uh, he meets Jerry's wife, and he's like, "You're Jerry's wife. You're Jerry's beautiful wife." And uh, and he's just in disbelief because she's just like, because uh, she's just this really like beautiful woman. <laughs> um. And like, so we're still bouncing back and forth between these two. Um where Tammy is still trying to distract Ron and get his attention, where Leslie's still trying to protect him. Um, yeah, as I'm thinking about this, there's, like, almost no Christmas in this at all. <laughs> Not really. I mean, there's a Christmas party, yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's a Christmas party. But um, going back to uh, Jerry's Christmas party, the others are sitting outside, and they're like, he never invited us. And then they realize that for like several years, for like at least five years, they've had what they've called the Jerry filter on. So basically every time that he would send an email, it would just get sent to like a spam folder where they didn't get to see it. And there were like dozens of emails in there, like ones congratu congratulating um, April and Andy on their wedding. Um, others, are, it's like, uh, he's just like telling them how like, how happy he is for him and everything. And they're just like, they grow through and they're like, Oh, there it is. The Christmas party invitation. <laughs> the, uh, uh, <laughs> we get towards the end of the party where they're finally like, okay, we missed the thing. Jerry's like, come on in, come in guys. The party's still going on. There's plenty of food and everything. They give him the money from the, from the Jerry dinner. And he's like, I appreciate this. They walk in. And they close the door and leave Jerry locked outside. <laughs> um, but just to wrap up the A plot, uh, Leslie basically distracts Tammy until uh, Ron gets to leave. Uh, Ron and Diane are like, 
This is going well. Uh, Leslie almost gets murdered. They find her the next morning locked in the trunk of Ron's car. (laughs) (laughs) With Tammy being arrested. Can I just say I was not ready for there to be blurred nudity in this episode? (laughs) That's, that's fair. It happens like four times. Yeah, it does. Like his, uh, his ex-wife, like, just, oh my god. This episode was really fun, but yeah, I agree with you. There wasn't, like, a ton that, like, felt like it, um had to do with christmas yeah i'd say if we're going off of the christmas scale it's like 10 it's like 10 percent. like 10 to 15 percent yeah the episode of itself uh, i don't know where where would you where would you put this one i'd probably go either high b or low a because i i enjoy the episode itself it's uh it's pretty good i can go high b i'll go high b so now I get to talk about the Christmas armadillo, and I'm going to warn everybody you're <laughs> going to have to jump in because I don't remember, like, anything from this episode except <laughs> okay. laughing. Uh, so basically, uh, Ross, for those of you that don't know, this is an episode of Friends, the one with the Christmas armadillo. Friends is a TV show. It kind of, like, came out the back of Seinfeld with, like, the sitcom genre of just, like, a bunch of friends kind of hanging out. And in this one, Ross... Uh, who's one of the friends, he uh, has like a, it's his son, right? I haven't seen very much of the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Basically, and, uh, he's like, uh, he's like, I get to have, I have my son for this Christmas. And he wants to teach his son about Hanukkah. And he like goes to get a uh, Christmas outfit and they're all picked over and they have an armadillo costume. So he goes in and he's telling him he's like the Hanukkah armadillo, right? Or the Christmas armadillo. And he's there to tell him about Hanukkah. And uh, Matthew Perry comes up and he's dressed as Santa. Uh, and uh, they end up Santa and <laughs> the uh, Christmas armadillo end up explaining to the boy Hanukkah. It's a really sweet moment uh, um, between Matthew Perry and Roz. I can't yeah. remember. Chandler. Chandler. Yeah. We Santa. also get uh, Joey who pops in as Superman. <laughs> yeah, Joey pops in dressed up as Superman. <laughs> And I love when one of the characters walk in at the end and they see, like, the three of them standing there and they're like, oh my god, is it the Easter Bunny's funeral? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a B-plot in this episode where um, Monica and uh, Rachel... See, this one is one that I feel like you do kind of have to, like, know the context. Friends feels very... Um, it's more connected. Linear, yeah. It's yeah. not like... Seinfeld where you can just throw in anything and you're like oh this is great uh, and the episode was great but it, it, it was just like I didn't really understand the dynamics I didn't understand like why Monica was moving out I don't think it really matters but basically um, Phoebe is giving her gifts um, she's like trying to get her annoyed with Joey she's giving Joey these gifts like a set of drums and a tarantula like trying to annoy Monica and it's not working and they kind of just like have a heart to heart they decide that it's best if they go their separate ways. I, I didn't really care much for the B plot. No, it wasn't that great. Um, however, Chandler's with the the bribing is pretty good. I yes, and I love the uh, the holiday armadillo. So the holiday armadillo is just so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh so I'm just gonna pull this up. I don't know what else to to say about this one. Yeah, it's uh, honestly, I think. It's probably one of the better ones, to be honest. Yeah, and we just don't have, like, anything to say about it. Yeah. I don't know, because 
they're so like uh, it's so like in the moment that you kind of have to just watch that one for yourself yeah it and um it might be even better to, with with more context i'm sure like what's what's going on in the show but the holiday yeah. armadillo is fucking hilarious and i love that they tried to like kind of like we had said earlier religion's a big thing so i really liked that they tried to like tie hanukkah in like that yeah. and have him explaining it to his son i i really like that so let me uh, hold up, up i'm gonna pull it up okay okay so where are we at this one yep what are you feeling i'm feeling somewhere in the a's uh i feel like i don't like it as much as the red dot but i think i liked it a little bit more than the fraser one okay put it there we got so many in a and only two <laughs> yeah all right i guess it's it's the Futurama, the ro the robot Santa episode. Yeah, uh, Xmas story. Xmas story. That's right. Yeah. Um, which what season was it? Season two. I believe so. Yeah. Um. So, for anybody that doesn't know what Futurama is, it is a um, animated show created by uh, Matt Groening after he did The Simpsons. Um, this one involving a character named Fry who gets frozen in the year and on Christmas or sorry on New Year's Eve of 1999, just before the uh, the new millennia starts. Um, he's frozen and wakes up uh, three thousand years later, uh, meeting a cast of different characters like his uh, like his future nephew that uh named professor farnsworth uh he meets a new friend named bender who is a robot who was designed to bend metal it's <laughs> his whole thing <laughs> um but meeting like the whole cast of characters and everything and he goes through this moment where right before he was frozen he was tired of like everybody in his life uh he was upset with like uh his girlfriend broke up with him he was upset with his parents his brother all that and he, when he freezes, he's like, all right, finally, I, I'm like free of, I'm free of all of them. And this episode kind of comes around to Fry having his first Christmas um, without uh, any family around and how like, how that's affecting him emotionally. I do want to say that the beginning of this episode is some of the funniest stuff I think we watched throughout the, all of this. Like there's so much random stuff going on that's just like it's just there to make you make you crack up and laugh. Um yeah. like with uh like with Hermes and the bobsledding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um oh and then Professor Farnsworth skiing while he's just dead asleep. <laughs> <clears throat> um but we kind of go into this one with Fry's be Fry is upset over you know, spending Christmas without any of his family. Um, and Leela is also just as upset because she was an orphan who didn't have normal Christmas. She didn't grow up with, uh, with any parents or anything to do that, uh, traditionally. And, you know, Fry kind of upsets her because he's like, he's like, he's feeling bad for himself. And then he says something, uh, out of turn that upsets Leela is like, have some sympathy. And then she's like, I literally have been alone my entire life, basically. She goes out on her own, and Fry, to make up for it, is like, I'm going to go get her a gift. 
um and they're like all right just be back in before sundown and he's like why before sundown they're like because of robot santa claus he's like oh santa claus comes out and they're like no robot santa claus will find you and kill you <laughs> because he was created in um 2808 if i remember correctly and basically his uh the parameters to determine if somebody was naughty or nice were like cranked up way too high so he uh basically everybody would be naughty right yeah um so fry's going out to get a christmas gift uh he ends up buying this bird for uh it's like five hundred dollars and the bird gets out of the cage he's going after it to catch it um nearly falls to his death uh but fortunately leela catches him and pulls him back in he's she's like you didn't have to get me a gift uh (laughs) and he's like fair enough so they start walking back um to the planet express building and santa claus shows up and starts trying to to gun them down um there's something about the like absurdity of santa like a robot santa claus trying to trying to murder you that's just it's very bizarre <laughs> it is very bizarre I, I agree with you uh but some of the comedy in episode in this episode is really good Futurama always had like a good balance of like comedy and uh like kind of being like those real moments uh most people will remember if they've watched the show there's a few there's like two or three good episodes out there that you'll be like this is a pretty good episode and then you cry at the end so um but uh santa claus is coming after them uh the bird that fry bought flies in front of a a missile that's coming straight at fry and leela and takes the rocket for him uh they how did they stop Santa? oh they they get santa and they like lock him in the chimney with uh there's like a gigantic safe door that they put uh put him behind and uh they then have the bird that took a rocket for them for Christmas dinner. <laughs> uh, overall, I really enjoy this episode. It's one that I can like recall vividly most of the time. Whenever it comes to like Christmas, I'm like, that's one that pops into my mind. Um, pretty often when I was thinking of episodes to cover for this podcast, it didn't pop up until like, I was like, how many, what, what, what do we have? And then it finally popped in. I'm like, how did I even forget about Xmas story? It's a great episode. Yeah, it was, it, it was really good. And I've only seen like a dozen or two episodes of Futurama. I haven't seen like the vast majority of it. And it was really funny. Yeah. I had a great time with it. Yeah. I love the, the scene with uh, professor Farnsworth. He's like, uh, things that have gone out of fashion or no, things that went extinct like pine trees for christmas trees because now they use uh these like palm trees and also um the like conservative uh side of um not what is it modesty the the modesty and he just he just takes off his robe and he's just completely naked (laughs) (laughs) i think honestly this might be hot take but i prefer of matt groening's like shows that he's done i prefer this to like the simpsons or disenchanted yeah i i agree disenchanted is not bad uh i watched the first two seasons i like the first season way more than the second one i haven't watched any past that um but futurama i think i wouldn't say futurama is timeless that's where my mind went first but i think futurama is very good i i agree with especially you. for adult animation 
I'm thinking I'm feeling like either right before or right after the red or the red dot. Uh I can agree with I can agree with that. Um far, as far as above or below, that's a real toss up. I'd say above. Okay. Because I, I I really like both of them. Uh I think that they they both have like very very solid stories. Last but not least is the final special that we watched. I, I think was this was the last one, right? Uh, I think the last one that we watched was Xmas Story, but this is the one that we like decided to do it like simultaneously because I kind of struggled to find the last one. Yeah, I um, I wish I would have just uh, picked this one to be completely honest with you. Um, it's such a great episode. It's a uh, regular show for those of you who haven't heard of regular show. Uh, it's a show created by J.G. Quintel. Um, it's basically this raccoon and Blue Jay. They are park groundskeepers. Uh, they get into shit. Like, crazy stuff happens almost every episode of the show. To start you off, uh, this Christmas special starts out with Santa getting shot in the chest three times by an elf. Yeah, the, um, It's so crazy because <laughs> we talked about how Billy and Mandy is like, I don't know how they like how they got this like green light and how they allowed this on Cartoon Network regular show on more than one occasion has like depictions of actual firearms and like actually just shooting somebody with them. Very realistic as well. I think we need to make sure that's like driven home that like these look like actual handguns. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Santa's shot and the parks kind of have in their like, Christmas party and Muscle Man. We get the reveal in this episode. It's really cool. Muscle Man is Jewish. Uh, yeah, Sorenstein. and then uh, we have Benson going around. He's like, "What do you think of the Christmas sweater?" They're like, "That's terrible." <laughs> yeah, he's got this ugly, ugly ass Christmas sweater. And Mordecai and Rigby go to the shed to get more soda, and they find Santa in there. And he's like, he proves to them he's Santa. And he's like, "I need you guys to get this box." Uh, my elf Quilgan, the one that shot him. Uh, he invented it. He's disgruntled. Uh, if you look in the box, it gives you whatever you want, but that's like really bad. You know, you can't have everything yeah. you always wanted. Uh, I'm still convinced that this is an OVA for Attack on Titan. Oh yeah, because there's there when they go to the um destroy the box of this thing. There's a lot of visuals that look like they're straight out of Attack on Titan. <laughs> Plus um, the the way that um. Quilligan is is like drawn. He looks like Aaron in uh, season four. He does. He he, he really does. Um, so basically, um, they're like, okay, they get the other uh, guys in the park on board. They go to this rival park that again, it's I don't want to get too into it for uh, podcast because it's like lore in the show. Uh, but there's this vending machine that runs it. His name is Gene, and um. Yeah, they, uh, first Gene. They get okay. caught because Rigby tries to like just take the or like he tries to move the nose on a snowman and it's got a it triggers an alarm. Yeah, and Gene comes out and he thinks that they're uh trying to prank them again. Uh and it's revealed when the base is like being swarmed by Quilgan's men that it is it is not, it is in fact real. Santa's real and uh, Gene's like all right let's take you to this cave and they go to this cave and there's like a bunch of trials that they have to do like one of them is just like a lot um I'm like babbling a joke that I really like is um at every trial it's like in the form of a riddle 
yeah. except for one. Like it's the one that uh, Pops deals with because each of the characters kind of like show off their strengths in a uh, trial. And uh, Pops is, is this bear. And instead of a riddle, it's just like fight a bear. <laughs> yeah, wrestle this bear. <laughs> and uh, so they do these trials. One of them's like Muscle Man doing Dance Dance Revolution. One of them is Benson. He has to play uh, pinball. Pinball, that's right. And the last one is Pops wrestling a bear. I don't think there's any more trials, is there? I think that's it. So they all uh, go to throw it in there. And it's really funny because the path to get down there was destroyed. And Quilgan's waiting for them in front of this lava pit where they have to destroy the Christmas gift. And they're like, how did you get down here? He's like, I use the stairs. And it's like exit (laughs) to the top of the ride. (laughs) And... um, he like points a gun at them and they're like Benz is like whoa man he's got a gun like give him the present and uh they end up fighting over it and as they're falling um carol of the bells starts playing and you see like all these images of like uh christmas presents stuff with like sticks of dynamite on them like wrapped in bow ties and they eventually get the uh the box away from quilgan and it's destroyed in the fire and they're able to go back to the party um it's a really it's a really fun episode. It's one of my favorite Cartoon Network Christmas specials. It's just regular show is so wild with like people getting shot and just it's yeah. wild that that show didn't come out on Adult Swim. My favorite thing about the or my favorite joke from the uh towards the end there is uh Santa shows up and Quogan's like I shot you and he's like I was wearing a bulletproof vest and he takes it off and he's got a six pack. <laughs> Yeah, dude, regular show is just so it, it's awesome. It's one of my favorite Cartoon Network shows. Yeah. So let's pull up the tier list here for our final one. Okay, where do you think we should rank this? I'd go so far as to say S tier. I was just about to say I'd say bottom S. I'm I'm pretty content with this as well. Yeah. Um but yeah, that was our that concludes, I guess, our twelve days of Christmas specials. Um I hope you guys kind of uh can use this as a gift, not just to like hear about some Christmas specials, but also get interested in maybe some T V shows that you haven't seen before, maybe some of the premises that we talked about, uh, albeit as quickly as we did talk about them. Hopefully some of them were interesting yeah. to you. Uh additionally uh if we didn't mention a christmas special that you enjoyed uh for our youtube listeners please give us a comment tell us what christmas special you really enjoy yes please do uh uh, it always helps to get you guys' suggestions and your feedback on our episodes audio listeners thank you again so much visual listeners and all other platforms thank you so much listening to the podcast we should have one more episode in 2023 for you just going over our highlights of the year how we're going to do that episode i'm not sure we'll figure Uh, it out yeah we'll figure it out uh but worst case scenario uh mike just sounds terrible (laughs) because he's using a microphone i just sound terrible Uh, but, Imagine uh, you're just walking around with like a just your phone in your hand recording yourself the entire episode. I'm like, I'm like in a Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> but uh thank you guys so much for watching. Uh this is our sixteenth episode. It's crazy to think that we've come this far already. Yep. Um you guys are the reason that we keep doing this, and I can't wait to see you in the next one and to see all of you in twenty twenty four and to see what it has to hold. Thank you, everybody. You all have a fantastic night. Take care.